Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. You know, we live in a world that is constantly changing, and I know for the vast majority of us out there, we wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. For believers, it's the same way. The only difference being is that we know that our trust, our hope, is, is not in what we can see with our eyes, but what Christ has told us is going to happen. So if you're out there today and you're, you are just overwhelmed by the changes that are coming, the world that you see, it's not the way it was when you grew up, and you're afraid of what's coming tomorrow, my suggestion to you is that you find a healthy well-balanced, Bible-believing church that adheres to the Word of God and that you study your Bible, stay on your knees, because the surefire remedy for the fear of the future is to be able to trust in the Lord. And as we walk through our walk, we, we find that He is faithful in everything that happens. Now, having said that, even for a believer— If you get out of your word and off of your knees, even for a short while, you'll start to feel the world creeping back in. You'll start to feel the anxiety creeping back in. And so uh, my suggestion is always the same. There is one way, one truth, one life, and that is Jesus Christ. He has the answers to everything in his hands. And his word His word will guide us through every difficulty we have. And don't misunderstand. Believers, pastors, uh, leaders of the churches are not immune to times that maybe we feel a little blue or we are a little anxious. But all of us that walk in faith just need to go back to the fountain to where we first drew that water and continue to walk. So having said that, I think I have an encouraging show on here today because I'm going to get uh, Eric Rios to talk mostly, and that'll be a big relief for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Rios is um, he is a chaplain at the mission. He is our aftercare specialist, and he is a fitness guy that helps with our guys. Uh, you know, Stan. You know, when you come off of drugs and alcohol and all those kind of things. The Bible has always said that, it, you know, exercise benefits you a little bit. But when you're trying to get all that nasty stuff out of your system, mm-hmm. of course, the primary thing is the Word of God that cleanses the spirit. But the body sometimes needs to get rid of all that trash too, right, Eric? Yeah, sure does. And so Eric is, is uh, he came to the mission five years ago? Yeah, about five years ago. Yeah, and he is co-laborer in the field that we work in. And uh, when he, when I hired him for the job and I was just talking to him the other day about it, we had kind of a, an idea what we wanted, but it's kind of much different than it was. Right. So Eric, uh, first of all, everybody at the mission is a believer mm-hmm. and we all have our churches. They're not all the same. What church do you go to? I go to Redeemer Bible Church in Elk Grove. And that used to be... It used to be Elk Grove Bible Church. Yeah. Yep. And so you can look that up on the web. I'm sure they've got all the names changed on the web and everything. Yeah. Yeah, we do. 
It is uh, it is out in Elk Grove, right? And it's a it's it's a good solid church. His pastor comes down. Matter of fact, we just had him uh, last Friday to deliver a message to all us. Yeah, all of yeah, us. That's right. We need it. Uh, we do <laughs> every day. We all need it. Yeah. And uh, so, as usual, it was a wonderful message. So I could recommend to you, from my perspective, his church wholeheartedly. Mm. And there are several other churches that we've gotten to know that I'm really, really behind. So how long have you been combined with—well, let's just start with EGBC. Okay. And it's Morph. How, when did you start there? Sure, yeah. Uh, we started attending Elk Grove Bible Church about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the first year, we became members, me and my family. I've got a wife and three kids. Amen. Uh, the kids were very small at the time. Uh, I remember taking— uh, all, you know, obviously the whole family to church and we had a little one who would just fall asleep in a wagon. And now <laughs> that little one is like five feet tall. And, uh, my oldest son is taller than I am now and, uh, has a mustache and, uh, I wor- haven't working seen out like yet. shaving and high school and just uh, brand new dynamics of shepherding and caring for my family. Uh, but it's just been a wonderful process and it's really been a joy, um, caring for my family uh, with a body of believers who trust in Jesus and are trying to work out and apply the gospel in daily living. Yep. And so uh, we stuck around and we love it there. Um, maybe about two years ago, we, we began a conversation about changing the name to Redeemer Bible, Bible Church. Mm-hmm. And um, since then, we've officially changed the name to Redeemer Bible Church and um, still the same dynamics, you know, nothing has changed, um, but it's just a sweet place to grow in the Lord. Yeah, and and absolutely, names do matter, words do matter, mm-hmm. and so, you know, Elk Grove Bible Church, certainly years ago, a lot of the churches, especially uh, Baptist churches, I know you're not a Baptist, but uh, within the Southern Baptists, which I am, a lot of the churches decided to change their names to reflect the, the roads that they were on. Right, right. Hence... Up in Auburn, you have Bell Road Baptist Church, which used to be First Southern Baptist of, mm. of Auburn. And a lot of churches, even the church that I've been serving at, we we wanted to call it Riosa Road Baptist Church because, wait for it, it's on Riosa Road. So uh, that's certainly uh, one of the reasons they did that. But I think what I like, especially in your changing your name to Redeemer, is it reflects not only the place, it, it doesn't reflect maybe the road you're on, but it, it does reflect what your hearts are. Correct. <laughs> right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so, but it was a struggle, right? I'm sure not every member wanted to do that because I've been in a lot of those discussions mm-hmm. with churches. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's a little hard feelings, but you guys got through it pretty much unscathed, right? Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a wonderful process. Uh, there was actually another church that was meeting in our parking lot during COVID, uh, River Ridge Neighborhood Church. And we actually, it wasn't our timing. It wasn't anything that uh, was part of a master plan that we were working towards, but mm, yeah. they actually ended up joining our church and we ended up doing a merger. Uh, and it's just through God's providence that we were already doing a name change. And uh, it was a small church that were um, kind of meeting during just that COVID era. They were kicked out of their school that they were meeting at because really nothing could happen in schools during uh, that COVID era. And so they found themselves mm-hmm. in our parking lot, um, and we just realized that there was a lot of like-mindedness there. Um, our pastors started to getting to know one another. 
really started to enjoy time with one another and realize like we could probably be better whole than ministering separately in Elk Grove. Yeah, I probably did you a disservice because uh, I've known your pastors <laughs> for a long time, and I forgot that you guys have, it's kind of a co-pastoring thing, right? I mean, I don't know exactly how the sure. senior pastor from the other church, but you guys integrated the two of them somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, we were we really fight for plurality, and so today mm-hmm. there's actually seven pastors there, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's a lot of intention that goes with um, submitting to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, I am in training for um, pastoral ministry there, and that's been about a two-year process for me. Um, and Lord willing, I don't know, something, we should come to some type of decision on that this year, uh, whether the Lord is going to call me to pastoral ministry there. Um, you know, it's been wonderful conversations with our other pastors, just hip to hip in counseling and care and ministering. Uh, to others in the church. Uh, so it's been a wonderful experience, and I've been able to see firsthand what it looks like for elders to actually submit to one another. Yeah, and that is the key to almost everything that goes on in the church. If we don't have that submission to authority, then we don't really have a church. Right. And so Eric has done it, in my opinion, the right way. He didn't just come out and decide to go start a church, or I'm going to be a pastor, and you know, or I'm going to just go to seminary, and with the idea I'm going to be a pastor, he's being called by his church, and that's pivotal. Uh, So we have a young man, Micah, at the mission who's in seminary right now, Mm -hmm. and he is not looking towards becoming a pastor. Right. That doesn't mean someday he won't be called to be a pastor, but that's not his intention. His intention was to know the Word of God Mm -hmm. so completely that he can use it in any church he is, not to gain, uh, you know, to gain prominence, but to actually work in the trenches and know God's Word. And I think that's that's really something that so many people overlook. Let's let's get our priorities straight. Yeah, I love that about Micah and his story. It's more of a measure of faithfulness mm-hmm. than it is prominence, like you said. Um, and he just said, you know, well, well, what does it look like to be a faithful man mm-hmm. uh, in a church? And it seemed like seminary was a good approach for him. So uh, he had the time, young single dude, and uh, he's there. And uh, yeah, I love his heart for ministry and for serving and for uh, really desiring clarity in the Word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he... Uh... He does a lot of uh, the setup for our music, and so actually does Victor now. Victor, our chaplain, he he has a wonderful voice. You just wouldn't have seen it coming, but he's got this deep, rich, loud voice. Uh, He's made to be a preacher, (laughs) but uh, he sings so well. And Micah and Marissa in the office, and, and Micah, this isn't about Micah. He's been on the show. He'll be back on the show, but... <clears throat> but he kind of tries to tailor the music to the preacher or to the, mm-hmm. what's being preached on. And uh, tomorrow I'm supposed to be delivering a message, and, and part of that uh, is coming up with a couple of things, like something that integrates the word fount in it. <laughs> you know, you okay. can see why. I told you where I was going. And uh, and then I have a couple of favorites, you know. And so he and Marissa— get together, and and, and he kind of leads what we're going to have. So that's great. But back to you and back to your story. 
Sure. When you came to the mission, you came from obviously you're a Christian man. You already were going to the church there. I, that, that's not the question. Right. The question is, you had not worked at a mission before. Correct. Yeah, I had been to the mission a couple different times for chapel. Mm-hmm. Uh, our church did chapel mm-hmm. um, kind of back in the day. And uh, so I was aware of the things that were kind of happening there. Uh, one of our other pastors was a chaplain at the time, mm-hmm. and he kind of invited me out to see what happens during the day because mm-hmm. I really only understood it to and be. And Ernie kind of still, ni- you're talking about Ernie. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Ernie. He's still one of our pastors. Yeah, there, right, at right. Redeemer. And uh, I had no idea the things that happened during the daytime there. So it, <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, it was great <laughs> to see, you know, um, program men, uh, counseling and care, classes. And it was really just a, a, a vibrant campus uh, during the day and in the evening. Yeah, and, you know, the funny part about that was that when you came, you originally came just as an athletic director, just not as, a, as an outside contractor kind right, of. Right, right. And I wasn't in Kai, I wasn't completely sold on the whole idea. I didn't know what that was going to look like. How much is it going to sure. cost to have sure. an exercise, as Steve put it earlier, guru? <laughs> but I wasn't sure how that would work. In retrospect, I'm truthfully glad, of course, that you came. But it wasn't too long after that that we decided that we needed that aftercare a specialist. Right. And we didn't give you the 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 name chaplain just aftercare specialist right and like you and i were talking about before we weren't really sure what that was going to look like and and when you came as an aftercare guy i don't think you really knew what that was going to look like <laughs> i didn't it was genuinely a walk of faith <laughs> yeah it really was and so uh then you came you had originally been at a bank and you'd done a lot of things like that you'd mm-hmm. been in management and so when you came and you started as an aftercare uh, guy, and now you really are a chaplain. And to be honest with you, we probably should have changed your title quite a while ago because along with trying to help these guys integrate into society, mm-hmm. there's a lot of counseling that goes along. For that. sure, for sure. Because they come to you a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And part of that is, uh, like you said, it was kind of a work in progress when I first started. Uh, we kind of came up with some ideas together. And then those things um, start changing over time based on guys that the the needs of the men, and really every every guy that we have at the mission that's kind of uh, we would just say transitioning to the next step of life, getting ready for independence. And what independence actually looks like is dependence in Christ and dependence yeah, yeah. in the church and the people of God, and uh, really uh, working through having just a good theology of life. Um, so yes, I can write a resume and yes, I can help you for job, re- you know, readiness and being ready to interview, but really, um, how does the gospel apply to your work life? What does a th- good theology of work look like? And so not only is it, uh, helping you find the next job after leaving our program after you finish, but it's more, um, how do you do it to the glory of God, right? Like a first Corinthians ten thirty one. Exactly. Just, um, <clears throat> how are you going to. Uh, not look at faith in a silo, but really look at faith as all-encompassing in your whole life. And I think that your uh, your experiences being uh, in management and working with people, having to fire people, having to hire people, having to look at resumes, having to deal with uh, different different strata of our society, right. was one of those things that God had started to prepare you 
for what he would eventually use you for. And, of course, the story's not over. We don't know what happens tomorrow. But if you're walking in faith, you just trust that God will direct your path, right? Amen. So um, some of those things are guys come to you and— they may not have ever filled out a resume. They might not have really ever had a job before, right? Yeah, it's definitely one of the harder obstacles for guys. And really, it's something that will discourage them. And if it's not handled appropriately, it's going to be something that would cause them to run again. And yep. I think oftentimes what I see is that uh, guys aren't really ready to face reality. And the way they have, they've addressed hard things in the past is drugs and alcohol and just running from their problems. And so rather than um, just living in fear and in hopelessness, uh, remembering that our hope is in Christ, and because we're a new creation, like we can actually look at things with a new perspective. And so uh, just some good examples that I can think of, of um, guys who've come in with really just um, a hopeless outlook on their future when it comes to work. Uh, just thinking, okay, well, okay, you've never really held down a job. We can't really put down a business on a resume, but you did work here while you, while you were on our program. Exactly. So what kind of jobs did you do while you were here? Okay, well, you, you uh, did some of the custodian work here. Uh, you worked in the kitchen. And we start, you know, next thing you know, after a 20-minute conversation, we have three or four different jobs that they've had in the last nine months as they've been on our program. And rather than looking at it hopelessly because they don't really have a, a paycheck or a W-2 from an employer, but we can see that the experience that they've put in over the last nine months on their, on their program is really shaping up to be the beginnings of a resume. Yeah. Uh, you know, we both had a friend on the board of directors named Ed Doonan who was mm, yeah. a wonderful yeah. guy, <clears throat> and he had helped many guys – with resumes as well, not necessarily on our program, but over the course of uh, after he left the sheriff's department that he was working with things. And one of the things that he said, and I think I'm hearing that from you as well, is he said, you know, I'll get somebody in and they say, well, all I've ever done is work for McDonald's. Okay, well, how long have you been there? Uh, two years. Okay. What does your sick time look like? What is your work ethic? And one of the things employers are going to look is longevity of time on the job, right? Yeah, yep. And work ethic. Have you been late a lot? Have you been? So if if they have a history of working, regardless of what it is, does that, to a, a future empor, uh, employer, does that give them any hope that this might be a good candidate for something else? Right. I would say character is everything. Amen. And integrity is not something that is walking through the door these days. No. So if those are things that you possess, uh, regardless of whether you're going to go into an entry-level job or maybe a business position, um, that's going to set you apart from other people. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. I, I remember Ed saying that they said, well, I don't really, I, I, all I did was this, this, but what else have you done? Well, I started on the counter and then they put me on the deep fryer is that a promotion? Yeah, because they have to. Mm -hmm. All right, well, it shows that you've moved, that you've been given trust and right. all those type of things. And uh, we have, and I'm not going to uh, mention any names, but one person that I can think of right offhand started in and started to work for a company, and his work ethic 
has gained him the respect of his employers so that they use him a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. And they trust him. Right, And right. so they've kind of said, well, you do this part because we know we can trust you for this. Right. So all those things are pivotal when it comes to getting, let's get you in, let's get you a job, let's have your work ethic displayed, your integrity displayed, and then we can move from there, right? Yeah, and, and that's what um, is really key for the men that we're helping is to remember that you're getting a job so that you can get the next job. Yep. I mean, I don't expect a lot of our guys to land a job that they're going to be in 10 years from now. But how about start working and, like you said, get some longevity yeah. in the company yeah. and then make that a great stepping stone to another job? Yeah, and I think that people would be surprised at how far a person can go. Yes, to your point, they're probably not going to go be the CEO of a large corporation. They might not even uh, have any kind of a management job. Mm -hmm. But within whatever they're doing, if they do it with integrity, they can move up. Right. And some of our guys uh, have skill when they come. They're not all. Uh, some guys, we have a, a guy right now that graduated the program that's been a master carpenter for years and years. Mm -hmm. And so being clean, being sober, being grounded and founded in the faith, there's no telling how far he can go with this. He, I understand he's extremely good at what he does. That's and, what he tells us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... that's no, I, I absolutely uh, believe it. That's how yeah. I got the job, too. <laughs> We we have a couple of minutes before we have to go off the air. Uh, what kind of encouragement can you give to a guy who's really not had much of a work history and feels like maybe uh, that discouragement you talked about? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I love entering those conversations because really at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what type of job we do. It's who we're doing it for. And so whether... They're working in custodial uh, on our campus or, you know, they've been a six-figure earner for, you know, whatever company that they've come from. Um, really, it's just how the gospel is going to enter in their, their life. And I think oftentimes it's a testing for whether or not they're ready to lay aside the things of this world and pursue uh, faith in all areas of their life. Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree with you 100%, because everything we do, we do to the glory of God. Amen. And we have just one minute, folks, but uh, I want Eric to stay and do another show with me, and sure. we're going to talk about some things. And it occurred to me as we were talking that we actually learn a lot from our men, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just a one stream that way, plus the fact God, with interacting with our people, teaches us lessons that we need to have, whether it's humility or to, you know, to think things through uh, when you're dealing with people. And, and, you know, we have to realize, too, that the decisions they make can change their whole lives, and the decisions we make towards them can, can make a directional change, too. Yeah, for sure. When our Bibles are open— and we're considering what God has for us. It's not just for the counselee, it's for both of us. Amen, and that's yep. absolutely the case. And so let's let hang in there and, and let's do another show okay. so these guys Sounds can good. hear about you. And, and uh, so, if you, by the way, if you haven't had the opportunity, come out to the mission. Let us give you a tour. You can meet these guys. 
So as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.